1,000 better stories. Welcome to 1,000 Better Stories, the Scottish Communities Climate Action Network's podcast sharing stories of community-led climate action in Scotland to help us all imagine a better and fairer future beyond the new normal and transform what we think is possible. Hi, it's Kashka, one of your story weavers. Today we share an episode about overcoming challenges for community car clubs from a podcast by our friends at Como UK. Como UK stands for Collaborative Mobility UK and it's a charity dedicated to the benefits of shared transport. Among many other things, they provide excellent support and resources for community groups wanting to set up car clubs or bike share schemes. Thanks, Como UK, for letting us share this story. This episode is a perfect follow-up to the story we published in February, produced by a member of our storytelling collective, Hazel, about the Porty Community Energy Project. It's a wonderfully creative look at the early days of setting up a car club, warts and all. Very much worth a listen. I would also like to recommend you head over to Como UK's podcast channel for more community stories on shared transport projects, and you can find the link to that in the show notes. I'll now hand over to Paul Bristow, who produced the story. Hi, I'm Paul Bristow, and today I'm going to be hearing from people sharing the different ways they've made car clubs work in their community to hopefully provide inspiration and practical advice for folks who might be considering doing the same. In a moment, I'll let our guests introduce themselves and tell you a little more about their different car clubs. But first, let's hear a little about the work of Como UK. Hello everyone, my name is Hannah Box and I am a Senior Development Officer with Como UK. In my role, I support communities who are setting up or operating car clubs and bike share schemes. This support may be through advising on feasibility, identifying funding opportunities, or signposting to other organizations and communities for further support. Car clubs play an important role in transitioning Scotland and the wider UK away from the private car. Our annual car club report that we published this year revealed that one car club vehicle could replace up to 20 private cars in the UK. This contributes significantly to emissions reduction in the face of the climate emergency. And with the cost of living crisis, many car club users revealed that they joined a car club in order to save money. Community car clubs are those that are set up by organizations and groups to address a need in their area, such as improving access to services for people without a car. Respondents to our community car club survey revealed that some common challenges in starting up and operating a car club included obtaining insurance, setting a pricing structure for the scheme, establishing financial sustainability, and increasing their membership through marketing and advertising. Today, three communities who operate car clubs have agreed to speak with us about how they've navigated some of these challenges and built upon the opportunities. Uh, Hi there, Um, uh, thanks for having me. Um, My name's Mike Callahan. I am the project manager for the Local Energy Action Plan, uh, LEAP, uh, and we have a car club. Um, obviously, which we've been running for about 10 years. Uh, we're based in Renfrewshire in Scotland. Um, and we currently got cars in uh, Loch Winnock, um, which is a wee village, and Linwood, which is a bit bigger, towards Paisley. 
So we've got five cars across both the uh, both the places. And as I say, we've been on for 10 years and we're still here, still, still plugging away. My name is Andrew Capel um, and I live in Mid Wales. And uh, ooh, I suppose about um, 17 years ago, I first um, had the idea of setting up um, a car club in my local town of Planet Lois. Um, and then uh, probably yeah, two years later, it actually you know came 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 to reality, and um, and then we've been running now for fifteen years, and about a year ago we actually broadened and became part of Trip Two, which is a um, it's like an umbrella name for a Midwells car club that at the moment encompasses Llanidloes, McCuntleth, Newtown and Welshpool. Yeah, good morning, Paul. I'm Malcolm McFarlane. I live in Kinross. We've lived in, well, I live with my wife and in Kinross. We've lived here for years. Um, through the time of the pandemic, uh, I was I became, I became a working from home person, having been travelling up down the road to London every week or and to the south of England. Um, I had a car sitting on my drive and I thought, it really isn't going anywhere. Um, do I re really need to use it? Uh, is the future working from home? It probably is. Uh, and maybe there's some other people in the same boat as me. So I decided at that time to have a think about uh, a car share scheme um, and started to research it. I roped in a pal of mine, Alan Thompson, who's been working with me um, on this ever since for the last two years. Um, and we explored a number of options uh, for car sharing, um, and then we got to the idea of a car club. So there's there's typical challenges, I guess, for for any car club in any community. Um, the one that always comes up, the one that people always talk about. How have, how have you dealt with insurance, for example? How was it challenging to make that happen and get it to work? Yes, I mean to begin with, we were able to get insurance. Um, and even back, you know, talking 15 years ago, it was a bit of a novelty. But we were to get, we were able to get any driver insurance. Um, and um, over the years, obviously, car clubs became much more prevalent, or community car clubs. Um, but then the insurance industry got—I don't know—they must have had a few bad experiences of people, people. <laughs> I my guess, and I don't know for sure, but I, I from what I'm talking to the insurance um, uh, brokers is that uh, I think they must have had a few bad experiences where, where community car clubs were not run stringently or, or rigorously enough. You know, people took advantage of them, thinking you know we can do some, we can we can do some underhand and some naughty stuff, as it were, using cars for 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 the wrong reasons. Um, and maybe something, and then they got caught out. So, uh, so they, they they kind of like pulled out of the market, and we were we were just down to at uh, one stage our current provider, and then they pulled out of the market. Um, I, I was, um, and uh, we, but there was one more company who happened. It's just seemed fortuitous. Whenever that's happened, I, there's always been somebody. It, you know, I, I kind of like, kind of feel like it's lucky in a way, but kind of like, but we had to pay a price. You know, we're paying uh, something like two two thousand pounds per car, and now having to have on top of that the expense of trackers 
and the you know the monthly cost of that on top. So, you know, they just treat us like a taxi service, which we're not. Um, but they they seem to think that yeah you know, they can get away with it because there's well you know there's no competition. <laughs> we were fortunate in that when we set up, we were with a third party called Morecar, and we got insured through them. But it was quite expensive. And it wasn't really very reactive in terms of what our needs were as an organization. So in 2015, we managed to get insurance with Zurich as a car club. And we got in under the wire because not long after that, they stopped taking car clubs. So I'm not sure. Um, they, I'm not sure how many they've got on. I know the Maury car share up on the Maury coast and Finhorn, they were Zurich. But not long after they, Maury, went on board, I think... Um, they may they may have stopped taking on new car clubs. So we're lucky in that we got in relatively easily with Zurich and have never well, we've been with them for seven years and they're still they've not they've not told us to go away yet. So we got to the point where we thought a car club is a really good idea. We started to get concerned about the insurance and the liability risks, etc. So at that point we paused and decided to look at it in a different way. We went to a couple of commercial companies, so I can't remember all of the names, but the one that we settled on uh, was Enterprise Car Club. Uh, the really, the um, only really big commercial organisation running a car club um, that, that we thought could help us in this area. And we, we think we hit the sweet spot with them. We uh, we got in touch with their local, uh, the regional manager, uh, the sales sales manager for Scotland, um, who was really quite keen on the idea of uh, during the middle of the pandemic. I think enterprise were looking to uh, branch out um, and change their model slightly. Their car clubs were all city centre based. Uh, and they realised that people were going to be working from home, that they were going into rural areas, people were moving out of um, of the cities, and that they really needed to think again about their car model. There was also the um, there's the environmental uh, impact, and the, the enterprise, one of the biggest car hire companies in the world, had to think about that. And that, so we hit this, we hit the sweet spot, and. Um, we, we really, uh, really got a good positive vibe from Enterprise um, and sat down and decided that that would be the way to go for us if we could make it work. You, I suppose, solved some of those problems or tackled them in a different way because of this commercial partnership. Would that be, would that be right? Yeah, so what the commercial partnership uh, meant for us, it was a, a really a three-way thing. Um, but yeah, the, the, the insurance, the, the liability... And just the day-to-day running of a car club was beyond us, to, you know, in terms of thinking how we would, uh, you know, how we'd be able to do that. So, uh, but the idea with with Enterprise was that uh, for a pilot project for twelve months, they would bring a car into Kinross, and we would bring uh, half the running costs to the party, and we'd also bring the support of the local council, which we needed for res- uh, t- uh, temporary parking restrictions for a parking spot for the vehicle, et cetera, et cetera. So our part of the deal was to find some money, not a lot, um, about a third less than it would cost us to run a car club for a year, which was very attractive, uh, and also find the support of the local council. Um, So again, we had a sweet spot there. We got good support from the council. uh, And for a pilot for a year, they agreed uh, to give us, if if we could get local, prove local support for the initiative, uh, to get um, us a a space in a local car park in the centre of town 
to do that. So that was our start point. The money we got uh, from Como and elsewhere, uh, the agreement from Enterprise to start for a year, and then the support of the local council. So things like that, like the insurance costs, and obviously in recent months the, the you know energy costs and all that kind of thing, that feeds in, I guess, to to, to how, you, how you how you charge for things. How did you? come up with your your pricing structure how have you made it work for you well generally we, we've always set it up just to be able to cover the essentially the cost of the cars and the maintenance insurance we want to be able to cover those costs over the course of the year um so that's really what's informing our and so we've got an hourly rate and a mileage rate um and generally they seem to be quite aligned slash maybe cheaper than your than the, your bigger car clubs um obviously we've had to put the mileage rate up a little bit as petrol prices have skyrocketed unfortunately but generally, we're just looking to cover our costs. So the hourly rate for our cars is currently five pounds fifty, and it's and we have six p a mile for our electric cars and twenty p a mile for our hybrid cars. So, which is well, I think it's, it's reasonable, um, and it has been cheaper. We've obviously had to put costs up recently, but um, but yeah, I think I think it's still very reasonable, and the members still feel like they're getting a good deal. Right at the beginning, uh, when we had no idea what to charge. Um, I mean, really, it was kind of like pick a pick a pick a number and start with it. Um, I could do all the analysis, but it didn't. We had no real data to work from because it was all just hypothetical. Even what other car clubs, rural, the other rural car clubs, what, what they were doing is kind of it was very difficult. So we just we literally at the time we just said, okay, we're going to charge forty p a mile. <laughs> Keep it simple. Let's not complicate it. And then within three months, we realized that that was far too much. And we dropped it, I think at the time, to about 30p a mile. And what we did, we decided every th- once we got going, we were meeting as a committee because we were just an unincorporated association then. Um, we just reviewed, reviewed the charge, the costs every, every quarter and, uh, and adjusted it um, accordingly. So we were so by the time we started introducing an EV, which our first EV came in 2019, we actually um, that's when the, it was probably about that time when, or, or maybe even before that, when we actually had to move to a bit more sophisticated model, where we started charging per mile and per hour because people uh, because insurance was just had gone up by then, and. Um, and we decided to still, even with the EV, we charge the same price just because otherwise, if you start charging different prices for different vehicles, it, it does kind of skew. You know, people are obviously going to want to book the cheaper one if, they, if it's available. So, yeah, so we had to, we shifted then from just a simple mileage cost to hourly plus mileage, which also had the effect of making the availability of the cars more because people, we realized people have been hanging on to them, you know, I don't know, just a bit longer than they perhaps needed to. And then, but when they were paying for hanging on to it, because even if it's just a pound an hour, the cars came back much quicker. And we suddenly realized, oh, yeah, we perhaps, um, we've got enough cars for, for, for longer than what we thought we might have. I'm assuming like everybody, you know, that you've had a couple of bumps in the last wee, few years with the situation yeah, and now but how is your sustainability is it has it has it worked okay that the rates you're setting and, and how so it's it? worked okay so we've always worked on the understanding that 
Um, so this is kind of a, a, this was a fundamental kind of setup by my, the previous project manager. Um, he, he was always of the of the opinion, and I tend to agree with him, that our model is never going to be able to be fully sustainable because it doesn't matter how well our cars are performing, we're never going to be able to. We can cover the cost of the cars and the maintenance of the cars, insurance, but we're never going to be able to cover all the staff costs on top of that. I mean, I think all this, but just the staff costs, whether it's just one person or whatever. Um, so we've always operated a, of a model of getting access, accessing funding to, to, to top that up. So, um, and that's just the way we've we've always worked. So far, it's, so far, it's worked for us. And um, though there's always been funding options available, and hopefully that continues to be the case. So, because we, in terms of the, the cars, with the cars are performing in terms of usage better than almost they ever have before for us. So it's hard for us to improve on what we're doing utilization wise, but still then we we wouldn't quite cover all our all the costs of the car club. We cover a large portion of them, but not quite all of them. So we just have to be able to meet that extra gap. And so far we've managed to do it. So Well, um to begin with, it was a conscious decision that this should be, you know, I, I run my own business um and uh very very much I mean very much sort of clued up with the idea of it needs to pay for itself. So from the beginning, um, one of the sort of assumptions I, I said to the group, the four of us that started it, um, was that it, it needs to be self-financing. Um, and obviously to begin with, um, we go like, okay, well, we haven't got, I say obviously, but to me it was obvious at the, at the beginning, we, we had no car. You know, we, had, we had no money particularly, you know, no funding as such. Um, and uh, we we actually, as it turned out, we were loaned a car. Um, and the, our biggest concern at the beginning was, um, what if we got a large bill? Because we had no money in the pot. You, know, you start with nothing, obviously. Um, and we just decided, well, one of us would put the would put would pay for it on the credit card, and the car club would then pay back in due course. So that's so with that sort of sortie, we relaxed and got on with it. And in fact, we didn't have, you know, uh, we didn't, we, we were fortunate we didn't have any major bills in the first six months or so anyway. And by that time, we'd built up a, a pot and we were basically, you know, we realized from, from day one, we were then, because we, we had very low overheads, the insurance was probably about 300 quid at that time. Um, <laughs> those were the days and um and so we finally were able to uh it, it was paying for itself pretty much from the you know for second month onwards um and over time we um in fact we were we i say we were lucky but we actually got um our next two cars were also loaned to us i mean they were old cars but they were sound but they were they were probably at the time only worth a you know maybe a hundred quid or so if that and the people they were members of the car club and they just said well you know we'd like to donate this to the car club because otherwise i'm not going to get much for it so it might as well be used you know it's got more use in it and uh, so so we um and by the time we came to our fourth vehicle um we were able we actually had enough funds to buy it and and it was interesting because by about that time it seemed more appropriate for us to start buying our own cars um and ever since then, we, we've 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 actually bought or leased the cars ourselves, 
So how how about how do you promote it? Do you do you actively promote and market, or is it kind of a word of mouth thing? Is it often as with these services? We, we've done, but we've done. We have tr- we have done active promotion. We've done like kind of hitting Facebook and promoted Facebook ads, but we never felt the kind of the worth of that really. So we've always felt we always found this word of mouth has been the biggest driving force really for us. And obviously, things when you're over at Lindstone. And they've obviously got their own communications to tenants with the newsletters and things like that. And that's obviously helped on that side of things. But when you're on a smaller village, like look, word of the mouth is obviously the kind of more driving force. And also people see the cars in the village and they see them, they get used to that as part of the kind of architecture of the village. And they just, um, they get used to the idea of it. And obviously we, we promote it in the kind of local newsletters and around. And um, But in terms of, more kind of, obviously we've got we put fly, have flies and what kind of thing but generally it's just word of as a word of mouth has always been our biggest driver we, we we have we've had budget in the past and tried like targeted facebook ads and that kind of thing but we never felt we we, we achieved that much through it obviously we may have raised awareness of what the carpet is and that may have helped which is a bit more intangible but in terms of getting people direct getting members directly from the advertising we we were a little bit disappointed in how that but again, it was an experiment. We've even done soft calling in the past, which was um, not my favourite thing ever, but we tried it. <laughs> so we'd send out letters to people and knock on doors. And again, we didn't get very much from that either. So I think people just have to rely on word of mouth to a large degree. But certainly, again, we're a smaller organisation and working in kind of smaller communities. So that is, we can get away with that um, in a way that maybe larger, larger organisations couldn't. Yeah, well, there's a number of channels we've used. Uh, Fortunately, uh, one of my friend Alan's friends uh, is an ex-marketing director. Uh, there's a lot of fairly, I'd say, young, youngish retired po- folk around here in Kinrosia, and he was one of them. He got on board, uh, and we set out with a market plan. Um, we're fortunate enough to have a, a, a farmer's market here in Kinross, uh, which is very well attended, a couple of thousand people every Saturday for eight months of the year, uh, you know, eight Saturdays uh, uh, during the year. So we've had a stall there. We've brought the car in there and and, and shown people around it. Uh, we've handed, we've been leafleting throughout the, the town, uh, of course, on uh, re, uh, uh, you know paper, environmentally friendly paper that's uh, been recycled. Um, and we've, uh, put a, an advert in the local uh, magazine, the journal that goes out every month. We've certainly we've targeted people with email. There's a Facebook page, uh, and at one point we got uh, uh, Twitter up and running and Instagram stuff. So we we saturated the market um, early doors uh, and got a good response from that. But yeah, that takes a bit of effort. There's five or six people around that, um, and, and a few people hours to get that done. But really worthwhile. Uh, Enterprise gave us a, an introductory offer, so we were able to hand out, say, right, here's a £20 voucher, in effect. Uh, you get your, 20, your first 20 quid of travel free uh, if, if you sign up. Um, and, so the, and it was a free sign-up, uh, in effect, with that £20 voucher. The, the problem, one of the challenges with car clubs is, is and it's a good one, it, it actually teaches people, membership of a car club teaches people how to use a car less. And, and 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 that's not that that's sort of part of the setup. And the reason for that is that people, when when you you have to obviously book the car, and but you don't pay for it unless you know you only pay for it when you've used it, or you know you have to if you don't use it you don't pay for it in simple terms. So I know 
and you see, you can work out. You say, I'm driving 100 miles. I'm doing 10 hours or whatever. So I I know <clears throat> on the tariff I'm on, that's going to cost me 35 quid. Okay. So I know that. Whereas if it's your own car, you just jump in and go. You just think of it, it's going to cost you the petrol. or If you've got an EV, it's going to cost you to charge it. And you think it's only that, but you've already paid for insurance or committed to insurance, you know, maintenance and all that. You tend to, I mean, when we had a car, we just kind of like paid the bill when it came. We didn't, <laughs> you know, and, um, but with it, with a car club, you, you think, oh, it's going to cost me 30 quid. Oh, do I really need to do that journey? What else can I do while I'm doing this journey? for example so um so what happens is that people and that includes me we get much more um what's the word we we, we look to ways to maximize the value of our journeys wherever possible so maybe you might car share with somebody um if they're going the same way um or as you say you, you think oh i've got other other things i can do while i'm in Aberystwyth or on my way so i would do them on that journey rather than you know not thinking like that so i have found over the years and i've noticed that people will start using the car club quite a bit to begin with and then over time you realize that they're learning to use it less and, and then the quality of life isn't changing they're not getting it's not they're not giving up anything so marketing is essential <laughs> uh, so um you know and basically this year, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I, I know what to do with marketing. I just don't quite enjoy doing it. We you need somebody who's, a, you know, people, yeah, we've got, um, got, we have one member who, who does our Facebook. Um, but we, we've also this year, we've, now that obviously lockdown has, has, has uh, finished, there's been a lot more events like, you know, summer shows. And so we, we, we are attending those, um, and there are so many of these shows um, <laughs> that we, you know, in the locality. But we, 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 we're trying to, you know, we, we, we've attended what we can, and uh, as a way to, you know, raise awareness so that people know we're there. Because not because it's not a kind of a, it's not a hard sell. It's not like somebody's going to sign up today. It's kind of it's always been somebody who like when the time is right. It's been, you know, there's people signing up now who who I've known for years, who've talked about joining the car club, but now they're ready because their car's a bit older, it's not as reliable, and they're thinking, actually, you know what? I'll join the car club, use it for long distances, and just use mine locally. There's a couple of examples recently. I know something that, that some organisations are starting to look at a wee bit more now is, is people's financial situation changes and everything else, as ways to make schemes a wee bit more financially inclusive or, or accessible to people is there is there ways that you've you've tried to do that or been able to do that a lot of our members don't have cars at all and uh, so we in Linwood we're partnered with Linstone Housing Association so uh, so a lot of their tenant members are using the car and they are subsidizing use their tenant members so they're paying a discounted price so which is great for them, it makes it much more accessible, and they're getting access to electric cars and things that they may not otherwise get access to. Um, so, it, so it's great for them. So, so a lot of them will be able to get rid of cars that will cost them a lot of money, and they're paying huge amounts less, and be able to just pop, pop in a car whenever they need it. The Welsh government had something called the Winter's Pressures Project, 
and we got some funding to support you know people through the winter i mean this was back in this was december last year which would have been december 2021 and we've been able to support um, it's been really good been good for both or you know both sides of the coin in that people um we yeah you know, we basically said that if somebody is taking somebody to hospital for example then the 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 trip is covered that's been really good and we've worked with community groups who've used our electric car instead of their their diesel minibus when they've only got say one person to take and they're thinking they've only gone a few miles they have to take this minibus so they've been using our car for journeys like that and also we've even got an electric van and we've we've made that available to community groups so the idea is that you know community groups have access to a van especially for like food food surplus just you know moving you know, having to move stuff that you don't really want to put in a car or won't fit in a car um, and it's been good because it's actually before before that project we were we we as, as Lanny Car Club originally we were very much um individuals so we had individual members whereas now we've got organizations who are who are members and they're they're the the members of that organization obviously can drive the vehicles so the whole project since um suppose september last year has really expanded and become much more um wider and and, and reached more people and especially in organizations which i just i just think is marvelous actually what would you do then right if you if i've, I've come to you and i've said you know uh, I'm looking to try and set something up in my community similar to yourselves. What 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 are the the best ways to go about it? What are the things I should watch out for uh, the early stages of development when trying to make it work? Well, I mean, I think obviously it depends on how far along. And if you're starting from scratch, I would say obviously you want to speak to Como, who will have some best practice advice for you um, and give you the kind of landscape of what's available insurance wise and uh, etc. Because um, obviously, I know they've done a lot of work on kind of insurance options and things like that. We had a, we've had a, as I said, we there's a car club just started up the road from us in Kilburnie, with eight miles away, and they've started from scratch. And I was speaking to them, trying to help them out, but they've not been able, they weren't able to go the routes that we went down because things like Zurich are closed off. So, um, so they've gone for the higher car model, which is the smart app, um, and they found that I think, I think. Como had mentioned it to them, and I kind of reiterated it. They and they did speak to Zurich, but Zurich weren't um, playing ball. And I think they had found the same for other insurers. So that would be one of the things I'd say. The other thing I'd say is just again making sure you're placing the vehicle in, the, in a place where you think it's going to get enough footfall and membership. Another another thing, big thing, is when we moved to Linwood, our car to Linwood, we had a part. We we went there with a partnership with Linstone, so they were paying us a monthly fee for staff use as well as so the staff use the cars as also the kind of subsidy for their tents which meant we can move the car and we knew we'd get a guaranteed income from that car on a monthly basis which if, if you have an option like that available i'd highly recommend it it just makes it means you're not starting from zero you've you've, you've already got a buffer in place so everything you get on top is, is a bonus so uh any kind of corporate partnerships or third sector partnerships you can get this i would I'd recommend looking at as well because that can complement normal usage as well 
you know, anybody setting out on this journey, I would say, you know, get get a local council on board. If you get a community council, or whatever your local, um, you know, political, well, they're not political, but the local, uh, you know, um, entities that are on board, get them on board, get some get some people around you and get a survey out there through the local um, magazine or paper or Facebook page or whatever you've got. Get some evidence of support and uh, get that together. Um, and you will then get you'll probably without a doubt, I should imagine, because there's money around and there's will around, you'll get the support of the local council. The simple thing is. Um, it's not about the car. It's about the people. So you're going to car share. You're going to need to find others who want to do it with you. And it, I mean, you, you know, that's the that's the hardest bit, actually, um, in terms of um, you, you find. You know, I mean, we started off with. Um, I mean, you know, I said about it 17 years ago. I, I came up with the idea. It took me 18 months to get to the point where I realised, with all my research and trying to work it out, what I needed was to find people to, to share it with. And when I found those three, well, I didn't find them. It was, <clears throat> I mean, I've, you know, my wife was asking around and, and people came to me, came to us as well. We said, oh, yes, we want to do this. We want it. You know, they want it for themselves. Yeah. So they actually helped me. And in six months, we were up and running. So 18 months, you know, getting to the start point and then six months making it happen. So that's what I say. You know, you, you, you find a handful. I mean, four people is great to start with. If you just happy to start, then you can start over with a petrol car because obviously it's easier. You know, you've got to find somewhere to park it. You've got to find somewhere to put the keys securely um, and then decide how it's going to be, you know, um, how you're going to sort of take care of the car. And, and But all the other things like membership agreements and people are you know quite welcome to download ours and use that as a basis. I mean, I would say with our membership agreement, it has not been tested in law, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's an agreement that has evolved over the last, you know, uh, <coughs> 15, 15 years, basically. Um, so, but yeah, and then, you know, the easy, you know if, if you want an EV, then you're going to have to think a bit more about maybe having a few more members or maybe getting some funding because the, the, the upfront, cost, upfront costs on that are much more um, of the car itself. But also having a dedicated charge point is a very useful thing. Uh, we didn't have an electric vehicle, vehicle, and that is a key uh, thing uh, for for uh, for people thinking about this. If you can go electric, it certainly draws in the crowds a bit more. The, people will be much more interested if you've got an electric vehicle. They can understand the economic argument. We've got a hybrid vehicle at the moment because we couldn't get the electric charging infrastructure in place in time, and we wanted to do something. So we have a hybrid vehicle, and and certainly. A lot of the canvassing we've done at local market days, etc. People really want to be talking about electric vehicles, and that's where we're going next. What about um, like thinking more broadly? Is there is there something that that needs to happen, or or that should have to to sort of make that kind of quantum leap? What would what would make uh, car clubs more of a even more of a, a mainstream option? Do you think what what would what would do that? It needs a cultural shift, really. Well, there needs to be a couple of things. I think there needs to be a big cultural shift in terms of obviously people have placed a value on the, the kind of car they have and that personal space they've got inside the car. And 
we kind of need to try and move away from that if we want to make car clubs and kind of that kind of and transport more sustainable. And I think also we need to have a more robust public uh, um, public transport sector, a more reliable public transport sector, because if that's all working and probably cheaper public transport sector alongside the public transport. So if you're, if you're operating a place where there isn't very good public transport, it's unlikely that the car club's going to work. If you've got very good, public, robust public transport options that are affordable for folk, the car club probably slips into that as an option. So you kind of need a cultural shift in terms of how people think about driving and transport, but also how governments kind of move forward with public transport. Electric is the key. People people can see it and understand it. Um, so the electric and the electric infrastructure is dismal, absolutely dismal. And there's been talk for years about electrification, uh, but across the country it is very poor. The money that's been promised has either not arrived or not been used to do the right things. So I think electric is the key for um, people getting into you know sharing vehicles because they'll think oh, well I'm doing the right thing I'm getting rid of my car I'm sharing a vehicle and it's electric so that's a that's a really big point I think so electric electric infrastructure charging infrastructure we need to get uh, really clever about that or, or get on with it and we need to be really clever about it um there are, there are there are charging points that you can have two nozzles on so the local council could park its van they're going to be doing it anyway what we, what we're seeing at the moment anecdotally is local councils having a depot where they have their depot full of electric cars that nobody's using and they're sitting there all weekend because the people who do use them what monday to friday we need to really think about sharing really get the sharing model idea into people's heads so that council vehicle or that vehicle which could be run by a third party easily somebody like enterprise is sat sat in the middle of town. Now, it can be booked as a priority when needed by council officials, but it can also be used by private individuals and other organisations um, when it's not being used by the council or, or other bodies. So the second point is we really need to get our heads around the sharing model. Let's really do sharing properly. There's no point in just having a shed load of other vehicles on the road or sitting that are parked up. When I go past our car parking space, uh, you know, once or twice a day normally, and when it's empty, I get really, really excited because that means somebody's using it. So um, finally, we, you know, the companies uh, and car clubs need to get smart. People who, who are living two or three miles outside of Kinross where our vehicle is, well, how do they get into it? So I think uh, joining up multimodal hubs for transport. So you can take an electric bike to the bus station. You can get a bus there. You can also get a, a shared vehicle or a hire car there. You can get electric charging points. So creating smaller local uh, hubs for multimodal and, uh, and collaborative transport is is another, is probably the third, third pillar of that is what we need to do. Just my ideas. I think well, a, a, a shift has already happened. I mean, um, always happening uh, because if you if I wind back, you know, five years ago, um, I would have said that those pe even those people who were call themselves green or environmentalists, of which you could probably count me as one, certainly um, didn't see a car club or car share as a, a solution to climate change challenges um you know the, their idea and understandably then was that they would have to drive a more efficient car especially in a rural area you need a car so they'd have a an efficient car um maybe they'd aspire to having an ev at some point because back five years ago 
<laughs> you know, the range wasn't wasn't really brilliant for a rural area. Whereas, you know, in the last few, the last couple of years, those people now, now understand that car clubs are, you know, even just sharing, just resource sharing. I mean, you know, this is a resource sharing. So nothing wrong with a car. It's, you know, what you do with it. But the fact that if you can share cars, you're going to reduce the amount of cars on the road. So the cost of living crisis, the environmental crisis, if you like, that people have now woke, you know, sort of kind of continue to wake up, have helped bring, and also, yeah, because the Welsh government are quite keen to see car clubs throughout um, Wales as well. So there is the drive for it to happen. Um, and yeah, the, the, I would say we're 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 on the verge of becoming an overnight success. Hats off and a big thank you to Andrew, Mike, and Malcolm for taking the time to speak with us and share their collective wisdom. And of course, if you'd like to know more about how Como UK can help you promote and develop shared transport in your community, then you can get in touch at info at como.org.uk or via the website and social media. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like and maybe even a review. It will really help us reach a wider audience. If something exciting is happening in your own community, be sure to let us know so that we can help you tell your own story. Or maybe you would like to join our brand new Storyteller Collective. You can drop our Story Weavers a line at stories at scottishcommunitiescan.org.uk. To keep up to date, check out our website at scottishcommunities.org.uk or find us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram or simply sign up to the newsletter.